0: Hello, I'm Lucine. For this new episode of the podcast of the Society of Armenian Studies, we'll talk with Satenik Badwagan Tufanyan in Paris, France, and Mr. Dilip Karant in Bloomington, Illinois. Satenik Badwagan Tufanyan, you are a philosophy teacher, and your PhD in history was about the Chahamirian Snare of Glory, published by Press de l'Inalco. But we'll speak today about your last book, Rendezvous à Madras, published last year by Les Éditions Tade. Dilip Carant, you are professor of physics at Illinois Wesleyan University. And in parallel, you work as a freelance translator. You have almost completed the translation of the Rendezvous à Madras into English. Satenik, why do we meet the Shahamirians, the authors of, Hord- of the Hordorak and the
1: Vorokai Paras, but this time in a novel? That's right, Lucine. I wanted to experience writing a work of fiction. Rendezvous à Madras, Appointments in Madras, is a short novel. And another experiment for me is to try to express myself in English today. Well, for my previous book about the Vorokai parats I was very lucky because I spent many years in Madras in the Shahamirians and friends company and I saw all the paths that crossed in this cosmopolitan city. It was as if the whole world had an appointment there. So I wished to recreate this little world as I imagined it, allowing myself to distance from the rigor of historical research. In parallel, I remember the great pleasure I derived when I was young from reading the Judge Dee's Investigations by Robert van Gulik. When you read his novels, you feel as if you are living in China under the Tang Dynasty. So, I hoped that my knowledge of Madras was sufficient to write a short novel based on historical facts. This is how Shamirora and the reader came together, heroes of deduction, without the help of footnotes, a glossary or direct explanations. So I confess, this book has mainly been, for me, an intellectual game. And I hope it will be the same for the reader. After all, and two thousand years on, is Horace's precept, the famous placere d'ocere, completely outdated? Can't fiction also be a pleasant way of learning? However, in the rendezvous, what is there to be learned? Which information is true? And which statement is fictitious? It's up to the readers to test their criteria of truth and falsity. I know many readers could be misled, but I don't think this will be the case for specialists in Armenian studies. I think they may even find errors from me. Yes, Dilip, uh, this rendezvous a Madras,
0: uh, which has already been published in French, could be soon available in English, thanks to you. How did you get the idea of translating it into English?
2: Uh, Well, I've always been interested in Armenian culture. And uh, for many years as a student in India, I just knew about the existence of a people called the Armenians, though I never met any Armenian. Uh, I had learned Russian and when I learned Russian, I had first heard of a few Armenian names, like uh, the name of Aram Khachaturian, who is a famous uh, composer. And so when I, when I lo- heard about these Armenian names, I noticed they were very different from the other Slavic names in, in Russia. And I was curious about the Armenian people. But in India, I did not meet a single Armenian And it was only in the US that I discovered that uh, the Armenians are a very ancient people and they have a very strong connection to India. Uh, So I was uh, privileged to meet a number of Armenian people in Austin, Texas, where I was a student. And um, for many years, I lost touch with all the Armenian people I knew until I discovered um, on Facebook, I I discovered there is a, a <laughs> group called the Indo-Armenian Friendship. Uh, I, I, I'm sorry, I don't remember its name exactly, but it's the yes. acronym is mm-hmm. IAF. Indo-Armenian Friendship Non-Governmental Organization, NGO. And so I began to follow it regularly. And one day I just, there was mm-hmm. some mention of, a, of an author who has written about <laughs> um, India and Madras and I was just curious and I just very impulsively I wrote an email uh, actually a text message on Facebook to Satini <laughs> and I I just felt like translating it and she was supportive of the idea she was um, you know she trusted me enough to do a good job so I felt like um, I needed to justify her her faith in me and so last summer i started work on it and it was a a very pleasant experience and every chapter i sent to Satinig, i used to get her response rather quickly within a day or two so it was it was a lot of encouragement for me also so you know it just it just happened very fast i didn't really plan on it um, but since Ooh. i have been thinking about the armenian people for a long time it just was a a nice occasion for me to learn about them myself
0: thank you satinning why yes. did you choose the letter writing and the use of the french language of the 18th and 17th century 17th and 18th century
1: the epistolary form was indeed the most suitable for many reasons first it was typical of this period Then it allows the readers to poke their nose into letters that are not addressed to them. And finally, it allowed me to avoid a linear narrative by confronting the reader with blind alleys, gaps and ambiguities. I didn't want to arrange the elements of the story in a classical chronological way. In fact, thanks to the epistolary form, There is not even a narrator. Then why use the language of a time? Of course, it makes immersion easier and it's much more suited to the flowery and extravagantly ceremonial style of Oriental people. Okay, now Dilip, how were you able to
0: capture the spirit of the French original in English? And what were the problems you met during the translation?
2: Well, uh, first of all, I'm I not very sure that I was entirely successful in capturing the spirit of the the original. But but fortunately, I had um, um, I was in constant touch with Satyendri. So every time I had a, a question in mind, I could always email her and get her opinion. And So after the first few chapters, I became a little confident of myself. Uh, Now, as far as the difficulties of the language are concerned, the only difficulty I faced was that um, the the language was somewhat archaic. Hmm. Uh, The the fact that it is flowery is something I expected because I I have studied a little Persian too. And so they they have a, a flowery, ornamental way of speaking. And so I was not surprised that the medieval Armenians would have written in that style. But there were occasions when I found that I thought there were some ungrammatical passages in the text. And I I first thought they were misprints, but then they recurred in a few places. So then I realized that the author had used them deliberately. Uh, So for example, there was one construction when referring to one's... uh, deceased parents, there was a, 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 somewhere in the text, it said, or pair," um, <laughs> which did not make any sense to me. Uh, 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 no, it was mo pair." pardon me, mm-hmm. not Fumon, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, uh, fum, yeah, so, since it made no sense to me, but it was being used in the text, I realized that it must be some kind of archaic construction, mm-hmm. which I did not understand so i had to consult the dictionary and then once i once certainly confirmed that my translation was not inaccurate i felt confident of continuing like that and so it, it turned out that it, i would not have been able to compose in french in that style but translation was not difficult
0: Okay. Satinique, is it a new trend now in Paris to write novels that we call detective novels linked to Caucasus?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Polar <Yes>. in
2: French.
1: <laughs> Why not, Lucine? Do you remember last autumn in Paris, we attended with great pleasure the Transcocas Festival. Transcocas in the plural. It was organized by three persons who are members of the French Society for Armenian Studies, Talin Terminasian, Anoush Der Sarkisian, and Sophie Homan, and the festival took place at the INALCO, the Institute of Oriental Languages. One of the events was a roundtable discussion on the Caucasian detective novels, Following this lively discussion with Nairi Nahabedian, who wrote, among others, Who Killed Ayatollah Konuni and Talin Terminassian, Les Galaxies Marcarian, and the audience, there emerged a dynamic to write historical or realistic detective novels linked to the Caucasus, of course, with plots at least. As complicated as this area can be and really is. Thank you. Thank you to you both.
2: Thank you. <laughs>